Hi, hello. It is Josh Bowe, one of the many editors over at MavsMoneyBall.com, coming to you with another edition of Mavs Moneyball After Dark, this time after a Dallas Mavericks win, a 127-123 victory over the Sacramento Kings in Sacramento on the second night of a back-to-back. I feel like we've got a lot of jumping off points for this game, considering how kind of routine it, it was you know we've got the Kristop stuff before the game even tipped off we've got the Mavericks another game kind of getting too close for comfort when they were leading comfortably uh, I'm here with Jeffrey Cooperstein who is giving Kirk a night off because he was a lunatic and podcasted last night uh, after a West Coast game and Kirk's on the Eastern uh, time zone so he was podcasting at like 1 a.m last night uh, so, Jeff, I appreciate you coming on. And uh, what are your kind of initial takeaways from tonight? Uh, well, Josh, thanks. First of all, thanks for having me on. Good to be here. Uh, the Mavericks got a clutch win tonight, Josh. <laughs> Technically, they did. They did. They, they got a clutch win. Um, no, it was it was a good game until I was feeling very comfortable with about eight minutes left when they're up fifteen, and then of course the Kings go on a run and make it a little interesting, and the Mavs miss miss uh, three free throws in the last minute and the Kings get it, get it down to a three point game. And it's, it's just the same thing every time they, they, they have, they have a lot of trouble closing out these games. And if they're, if it's something that they they need to work on the rest of the season, if they want to be able to beat these good teams. Yeah. And it, it started off. Okay. I think the, the Kings got it down to like, I don't know if it was 10 or under 10, but it was like, 340 left in the fourth quarter and Luca got doubled uh, passed it out to Tim Hardaway Jr. He did kind of a one pump fake draw uh, dribble in and and canned a shot and I was like oh my god like <laughs> Luca got doubled and, and and his teammates made a shot which I thought was illegal <laughs> in the last incredible of yeah. Mavericks basketball but somehow it still managed to find a way to get close I think the Mavs defense was pretty soft all night and I think they were totally cool with kind of they just didn't want to foul or give up four point plays or do anything crazy. Uh, the missed free throws is killer. You know, Luca and Seth missing uh, two free throws in, in the and final course, moments. And of course, Luca, Luca before his last pair of free throws was eight for eight on the night and had a great night at the line. So of course he had to miss one when it mattered, right? Right, right. Uh, but uh, you know, as as annoying as it is that did get close, the Kings. I don't believe the Kings had the ball. Uh, with a sh- chance to tie or take the lead like I, it was always a two-shot game when the Kings had the ball so Correct. you know as 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 hairy as it got considering where the Mavericks were doing it at by the end of the third quarter uh, it wasn't it wasn't a total total like collapse like it was against the Hornets or, or some of the previous games the Mavericks have looked really bad in the clutch um, but otherwise I mean this is like this Mavs offense is really, I mean, it is this team right now without Kristaps is really reminding me of the 2014, 2015 pre Rondo Mavs in the sense that they, like, they just like Luca is just so good offensively. And this team is just so they're just, he's able to create space and, and take advantage of the, of the defenses that he's able to manipulate and get these guys good shots and good looks. And the team is smart enough to know what to do with the ball. Even if, you know, all these guys past Luca aren't necessarily like huge individual, you know, creators of shots or shot makers or scorers. And 
Like I thought through three quarters and a little bit of the fourth, like the Mavericks offense was as clean and crisp as it's been all season. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They, you know, they shot 51% tonight. So that's one of their higher percentages they've shot in a while. And they shot just 32 and a half percent from three. Luca was over five. Um, But yeah, no, I actually really like that comparison with that pre Rondo offense. Cause that was, I believe that was the number one offense in the league before they traded for Rondo as well. So, um, yeah, no, they they looked pretty clean for most of the night. Obviously, stands the end of the the fourth quarter, and Luca was just making passes tonight where you just your jaw just dropped. Like that hook pass he made, where he gets double teamed on the right wing and throws it all the way across the uh, the court to Finney Smith in the left corner. I mean, I I was I was looking at my TV I'm, and my jaw was open, like my mouth was open. He he just he makes the game look so easy, and it, it'll be interesting to see when Kristaps comes back which I thought would be tonight, but now we don't know when that'll be. Yeah, I want to get to Kristaps a little bit later because I want to follow up on what you're talking about with Luca. And yeah, that pass was, you know, Twitter went crazy. Like our Slack went crazy. It was it was a wild pass. And I think he followed that up with another pass to Finney Smith in the opposite corner for another make. And he finished with 17 assists, six turnovers. He kind of got sloppy with the ball down the stretch. but 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 for, you know, 75% or so of the game, he was pretty clean with the ball. Uh, 17 assists, career high. It's wild. You look at the Mavs, uh, the role players, and they had you know, one, two, three, four. They had four guys not named Luca make at least two three pointers. And I honestly can't remember the last time this team has done that this season. And if it has, it hasn't happened a lot. Um, Maxi Kleba was two of five. Finney Smith was two of five. Tim Hardaway Jr. was three of nine. Uh, and Seth Curry was five of eight. Uh, that just hasn't happened a lot. And this was like a good example of, you know, we kind of Kirk kind of mentions it a lot on Twitter and some of the pods and recaps about Luca's potential assists and how high they are every, you know, seemingly every night. And this felt like, this felt like a night where the Mavericks finally kind of canned most of their opportunities. And what do you know, Luca gets 17 assists. Like it just, it felt like a really good team effort offensively. And Luca was the engine. Like, yeah. Just, no, yeah, everyone contributed. Uh, Mark Falwell said during the broadcast, and I didn't even realize this, but it was a great stat, that uh, Dorian Finney-Smith is fourth in the NBA uh, and made corner threes. I had no idea he was shooting it that well. I knew he was I knew he was right around 40%, but I didn't know he was that lethal from the corner. And, I mean, that's a, that's obviously that's the most efficient shot in basketball right now is the corner three. That's, where, that's what all teams want to be taking. And when you have a guy like Luca who can find you in the corner and you're wide open, I mean, that's a – that's a very beneficial weapon to have. Right. And you had six Mavericks in double figures. You had two Mavs with at least 20 points, um, you know, and then, you know, Finney Smith and Pal with at least 15. Yeah. It, it was just, yeah, it was great. You know, Finney Smith, I feel like whenever Finney, if you get 15 points from Finney Smith on this Mavs roster, I feel like they're going to win or you're going to have a very good chance to win because he's obviously, you know, he had the eight rebounds too offensive. He plays good defense. Like when you get the 15 points, it's like cherry on top of all the other stuff that they ask him to do. Uh, Maxie made both of his corner threes. Uh, Dwight Powell was eight of 10 from the floor and really just, you know, just really in sync with Luca on the pick and roll and finding open space and, and Luca found him very well tonight. Um, I want to now go back to the other big story was, you know, Christoph Sprzingis misses the game, his ninth straight game that he's missed with a sore right knee. Um, all indications all day was that he was going to play tonight. 
believe ESPN's Tim McMahon reported sources had told him that uh, Kristaps expected to play uh, sometime earlier th- earlier today when the first injury report came out. He was questionable, but McMahon said he was going to play. That's what sources told him. Uh, and then the Mavs seemingly, I think the Mavs even said he was playing. He was active. The Mavs uh, PR Twitter account said Przingis is active and he will play tonight. Uh, the Mavs official Twitter account was hyping up the game with Przingis pictures and stuff about him returning. So he seemed ready to go. And then, you know, less than an hour before tip, uh, the word comes out that he's a late scratch. So obviously something happened in warmups, not saying uh, a setback or anything, but obviously he went through warmups and it just wasn't there. It just, he just didn't feel right. Or the Mavericks didn't feel comfortable with the way he was moving or with whatever he was telling them. So he misses another game. There's a lot of frustration on Twitter because the Mavericks have kind of been very weird about their talk of this injury. I think uh, I think they were hopeful when it first happened that he was going to return quickly. So I think that's why they kind of did this day-to-day prognosis. And I think that combined with the fact that he got sick last week, which delayed his attempt to return, which the Mavericks couldn't anticipate, and then him being a late scratch tonight, which the Mavs couldn't anticipate i think it's kind of snowballed on them you know the narrative around what what's going on with chris stops i think he's fine i think i think he'll be okay they're just being precautious uh but i can definitely understand mavs fans frustrations with the fact that you know we get you know it's every day we're we're, we're asking is he gonna play and, and the mavs and, and chris stops are like yeah he's close he's close he's close and then then for this to happen like it's frustrating and, and uh i understand it you know what are kind of your thoughts when you heard the news yeah, no, it's certainly frustrating. I mean, the the Mavericks do this with all their injuries that are seemingly long-term. Obviously, we didn't, we didn't know this one is long-term, but I'm not so sure the Mavericks didn't. Um, they're, they're always pretty secretive with stuff like this. It was disappointing because they, they thought he was going to play tonight. Maybe he just wasn't – maybe he was sick. I mean, I don't know if it was the knee and maybe it was just the other thing that he has going on that That's kept true. him out of tonight's game. And so, that I mean, that's a possibility, and hopefully he can play Friday in the late-night game. And, yeah, I mean, it's definitely frustrating. You want him out there. He is the Mavericks' second-best player and makes them a better team. Um, even, you know, even his de- – I mean, they miss his defensive abilities just as much as his offensive abilities. And so they need him back, and they need him back soon. But they don't want to be – they don't want to rush him back if he's not ready because they did spend $158 million on him, and they want to make sure that he's fully ready to go and ready to contribute. So I think that's where their heads are at. Um, hopefully he plays Friday. If not, I mean, we'll – it's it's going to be this day to day thing, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, and you bring it up about his defense, I you know, and I leading right into that, the Mavericks were just terrible defensively tonight, and it just it was another example of just how important Kristaps is to this team, even when he's not hitting shots. Because you know, as much as I love Maxi Kleba and the defense that he brings, um, it's just not the same. You know, he he is a great shot blocker and he's a great switch defender and he does a lot of awesome things but you can't you know he's like 610 and he's not a huge dude necessarily and you just can't repeat you, know, you can't seven duplicate three. seven you can't duplicate seven three huge wingspan like you know it's just it's just a different different thing when your defense has that yeah absolutely and i think i think that's really where they need him back and especially i mean he was rebounding really well too before he got hurt, and so yes, I think that'll help out a lot as well. Um, yeah, I'm, they play, they play Portland on Friday, and then I believe they're uh, off until they play the Clippers on next Tuesday. So, 
we'll see what happens. Hopefully he gets into one of those two games. Yeah, definitely. Because, you know, tonight I'm looking at the box score and, you know, watching the game, Darren Fox kind of had the, his way at the rim. Uh, the Kings didn't do heavy damage from the three-point line. You know, I felt like they kind of lived in the pain a lot tonight. Um, I, I don't know if you felt this way, but in like the first two minutes of the game when Buddy Heald hit two threes, I was I had the, oh, no, here we go again. He's going to score 80 against us. <laughs> Definitely. I think everyone, I think even Followell uh, mentioned it on the broadcast or Harp or one of them said that as well. I think they very much echoed all of Mavs Twitter and everyone watching the game. I felt that too. <laughs> um, the Kings are, they're a bad, you know, they're a weird matchup for the Mavs because even though they've been very disappointing this season, they're the way they just kind of match up and Fox, like the Mavs just have, they have no one to deal with Fox. And it, that, the, that's and, a great, that's a great adjective to use. They're a weird matchup. Yeah. And, and healed always goes off because I feel like, you know, outside of Finney Smith, I don't necessarily trust the Mavs perimeter guys to kind of fight through screens. Uh, and that's what healed specialty is. And, uh, you know, Bagley can kind of Bagley is kind of like the, like a Dwight Powell, Spider-Man pointing at Spider-Man meme. Like they're in the sense that they're both really good on offense, but they give it right up on defense. Um, so yeah, it's just a weird, I, I, that, Oh, go ahead. That was from, that was something I wanted to ask you about. Why Why do you think Dwight Powell is just not a good defender? I mean, he has the build, he has the athletic ability, and he has he has the wingspan. He has all the measurables. Why do you think he's just not able to put it all together on the defensive end? Well, I'll, I'll counter one of the things he said. I don't think he has the wingspan. I think he has a pretty average to poor wingspan for a guy his size. I think he's 6'10", and he has like a 6'9", or 6'10", wingspan. And, you know, preferably you would want, you know, you want your wingspan to be longer than your, your listed height. Uh, so okay, he, yeah. he he has, you know, he he can jump, but when he gets vertical, guys are just able to go through him and over him because he just doesn't have the reach to kind of get to where he needs to go to, to contest some of these shots, even with some of the hops that he has. Um, I think that he's, you know, obviously he is very athletic, but he's not necessarily someone uh, that you can, you can't push out of the way. You know, he's not, he's built very athletically. He's not necessarily very stout. Um, I think the thing with Powell is that he can do some things on defense, but it's mainly with his quick feet and his quick hands. And the Mavericks don't play that style of defense. They don't really trap that much in the pick and roll. They don't really play that aggressively. They, they're they conservative with their bigs. And I think that kind of hurts Powell. You know, when you're, when you're dropping back in the pick and roll, which is what the Mavs like to do with their bigs, you're kind of inviting a runway for the guard to kind of get started to the rim. And that works when you have a Chris Stops, when you have sometimes Maxi, when you have a Rudy Gobert or Dwight Howard, so to speak. Um, but when you've got Dwight Powell, you know, guys are getting a head start, and which means they are just – it's like a runway to the rim, and and, and they just kind of go right through Powell. Um, I think it's it's obviously – I don't think it's effort, uh, you know, because he plays hard all the time. I don't necessarily no, he think played, it's – He played hard as hell tonight. Yeah, he did. He got a couple of key uh, offensive rebounds toward the end of the game. He had six offensive rebounds uh, tonight, only three defensive rebounds, which I'm sure everyone hates, but – uh yeah he he plays hard it's kind of like it's one of those things where i think you know he's starting and the mavericks are winning games so the expectations are raised but when you really look back at at his contract and and his role like 
there's not much you know it, it's obviously an issue but it's something like i don't know what else you can expect from him you know when he can't guard you know joel Embiid or carl anthony towns it's like well he's an 11 million dollar a year player like like it's just it's just one of those things where we just kind of have to reset our expectations and and he's just never going to be that guy and the Mavericks could probably use another guy coming off the bench that can maybe give them that look but uh they've got a guy or injured who gives them that look it's Kristaps you know it's it looks a lot better when Kristaps is out there so yeah it's it's tough but you know his value on offense is so good and uh it's just kind of something the Mavs have to keep working around. Is there was there anything else that you kind of noticed from this game tonight? It was uh, anything that caught your eye? Um, no, I think we pretty much all covered it. I just, I, re- I just I really like the effort they played with. Like you said, those two key plays that Powell has, and I don't think this team lacks any effort on any given night. They play hard all the time. Sometimes it just doesn't get all put together. And like you said, this is a weird matchup for them, and they have they have a, another important two game stretch. I mean, Portland just beat beat the Rockets in Houston. Carmelo had 18 and 12 and against his former team. So uh, the Mavericks have another tough test ahead of them on Friday. Yeah, this is going to be quite the stretch they have here. They're, they're Portland at home on Friday, then the Clippers at home on Tuesday. They go to Portland uh, next Thursday, and then they go to Utah uh, next Saturday. And then after that, they play Oklahoma City. So that's that's five team, you know, that's five tough opponents in a row. Obviously Portland is struggling, you know, I know they're playing a little bit well as of late, but as a whole in the season, they've, they've mostly underperformed, but that's still a feisty team that is fighting as hard as they can to get that eighth seed in the West right now. So you can't underestimate them. The Clippers, which I think are like the worst matchup for the Mavs in the league, just with Kawhi and Paul George, just, that's just a, you know, they can kind of, contain Luca and the Mavs just do not have the wing defenders to, to handle that duo. And then Utah is surging and Oklahoma city. We already saw they beat the Mavs once and they're playing really well right now. So uh, they need Kristaps back soon, hopefully, but this will be, these will be five tough games coming up. So though, so we'll see what they uh, see what they have in store for us. Yeah. I mean, then the Portland beat the Mavericks at the very beginning of the season this year too, in that very strange game. I think Portland ended up winning by one. I want to say, um, but yeah, it's it's going to be a tough stretch, and it'll it'll tell us a lot about where the maps are, and and before you know it, the trade deadline will be here, and we'll see if the maps make any moves. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for us tonight. Again, the Mavericks uh, beat the Sacramento Kings one twenty seven to one twenty three. Um, that is three wins in a row now, quietly for the Mavericks after they have really had a sh- you know really rough stretch with Kristaps hurt. So these three wins in a row. Um, obviously, you know, Philadelphia without Joel Embiid and Golden State and Sacramento, that's not necessarily murderer's row, but I think with the state the Mavericks are in right now and then the rough patch they're going through, you'll take wins. I think, Jeff, you said this earlier. You take them any way you can get them right now. Um, so it's good to see the Mavericks. They don't right. have cow. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's good to just see them right the ship a little bit as they, as they go in this next tough stretch of games. Uh, so I think that's going to do it for me, Josh Bo, uh, Jeff, thanks for hopping on again. I really appreciate it. It's always fun when you get a chance to, to hop on with us. Absolutely, man. Yep. Uh, this has been a Mavs Moneyball after dark. We will see you Friday after the Portland game.